So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Pontiac Fiero, North America's only mid-engine, two-passenger production car. Face, you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. I want my MTV! Know what only $1.99 buys you at Ponderosa right now? Do I'll fend? WLVQ FM 96. Swatch. Oh, I got a live one here. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s. Woo! Woo! Ow! This is a great episode today, you guys. Um, so from the time I started the podcast back in January, uh, one of the topics I wanted to do was uh, hair bands. Uh, they came along in the late 80s, a uh, very big part of our 80s culture. And uh, I just I've been trying to, 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 to make it happen. And finally I reached out to a good friend of mine who said, Yeah, I'll do it. So as with with me as always is Matt Moore. Sup Sup with the bean in. Oh I, f- I forgot. Captain Matt Sparrow <laughs> is here today. <laughs> yeah. He got Matt, you, Matt is jacked to be here, so he's got on his uh, his bandana, he really does. Maybe we'll put that on our Facebook there it page. Is. But uh, our very special guest is uh, is Aaron Benner. Hey, we got a real live rock star with us. Hey, what are you guys doing here, <laughs> <laughs> man? Thanks real for coming today. I'm so happy you asked me. I'm very very glad to be here. Great, good so, to see you guys. It's, it's good. good to see. Yeah, we're old friends. So, All a long time. So I've known Aaron for over 20 years, and uh, just. You know, we've spent the last hour before we even hit record, just catching up and talking about old times and rock and roll and the rock and roll life, and it's uh, it's very very cool to very cool to have everybody He's together. He's a real rocker. Yes, somewhat. Oh, oh yeah. come on! Come I've on. had I've had I've dabbled. Yeah. <laughs> Devil more than most of us. And so I, and so just to the teaser, you got to listen to the whole podcast to get this. At the very end, we're going to close with a song from Aaron and his band. With the eighties, with an eighties kick. With an eighties kick. So uh, he was part of a band called This Fire's Embrace. Yes. And they did a, a certain eighties cover tune that is absolutely amazing. So we'll hear that at the end. Well, tell it in your other band. Might as well Liquid Sixteen. Liquid Sixteen. Yeah. Yes. Central Ohio Zone. Come Both on. of them Central Ohio Zone. Yeah. <laughs> so, Aaron, you spent some time on the Blitz for a while. Yeah, about three Under- years with Hannibal doing local stuff. Yeah. And, and, so, uh, those of you guys that don't know, the Blitz is a uh, local rock radio station here in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah, good times there, and promoting lots of local bands, and you know, it was it was a lot of fun with my buddy Hannibal, and we had a great time, and. All good things come to an end, and Blitz changed their format for a while, and that kind of did away with local stuff, and it's kind of, that's been a long time ago now. Wow. Yeah. It's been 12 years ago. Wow. <laughs> you know, if you were to ask me, I would have said, oh, it's about three or four years ago. Oh, it's been a minute. They switched some of it back after about a year, but, yeah, you know, it, it did some damage to them, I think. I but, think it did. Hmm. So, we're going to talk about, and it, what we did, we got on our... Uh, Facebook page, and we, we put a poll out there, uh, a reader's poll, and we wanted to find out who your favorite hair bands were. Well, it's kind of rough because people don't always read directions, or you know, they don't really know what they're talking about. I think the second thing yeah. you said would probably be more. <laughs> <laughs> so so let, let's rewind a little bit. As I scolded everyone... Uh, a few months ago, when uh, John McNeil and I did a, a podcast on uh, our favorite summertime songs, and the number one song they chose was Boys of Summer by Don Henley. Well, it's not even a summertime song. It's a song about the fall, because the boys of summer have gone. Are gone. Yeah. It's after. After. Yes. <laughs> the so, boys of summer. So, you bunch of jabronis <laughs> seem to think... That the only that, that every rock band in the '80s was a hair band, not true, not true no. at all. So we're going to go through the top ten list anyway, and you guys are going to get slapped on the wrist a little bit uh, through some of this. But so so we want to first start off talking about 
kind of the history of the genre. Now, we're not going to go clear back to <coughs> Chuck Berry and his fiery guitar solos, but going to, to like the end of the, the 60s, early 70s, you had bands like Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin, uh, Black Sabbath, these kind of people like putting out some legit rock and roll. And uh, the, the term heavy metal was coined... Um, Back, I can't remember. There's a writer. I think it was Rolling Stone called it called that that harder rock, heavy metal, and um, it, it kind of grew and took off from there. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron, tell us about like like the the we were talking about the British and the, the metal British invasion and stuff. The new wave of heavy metal. The the, the well, I mean, you you started off in the late '60s, early '70s there, and then you know you can't can't forget like Queen and bands like that. Well, then in the mid '70s you get like your your Kiss. And your Van Halen, which is American here, but then you got your Iron Maiden and your Judas Priest and your Motorhead, Blue Oyster Cult, yeah, Black Sabbath, Def Leppard, um, and and that they started coming in in that new wave of British heavy metal um, that came in in the late seventies, early eighties, and some of those bands kind of transformed into something new. I'm pointing the finger at Def Leppard here, but yes. transformed a little bit as time went on. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them just stayed heavy and hard, and they... Like um, Judas Priest just rode that. They did not cave to, to whatever that was. They were a heavy metal band who had some hits that crossed over to MTV. Yeah. You got another thing coming, Living After right. Midnight, things yes. like that. But they... they So some people... I, I actually think some people threw that into the poll at one point. I think yeah. I saw Judas Priest in there. Oh, we're going to mention those. We're going to get... Okay, I don't want to yeah. get, yeah. get ahead of myself. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're good. Yeah, some of these bands on here completely have nothing to do with... They're not hair metal. <laughs> and right. don't tell Rob Halford he's hair metal. He's the metal god. Especially since he's bald now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, even in the day, he even had kind of a mullet. He yeah, never really he never really grew. Hair. I don't think it grew on top. It just grew in the back. <laughs> it's like the Archie Bunker thing going on there. <laughs> So, so what had happened is, is we, we get this, this legacy of this harder rock and so forth, and what was, what was going on is the 80s start to hit, and uh, they, they kind of started tailoring their music towards the audience versus, hey, here's my music, audience, jump on board. It's like, hey, let's kind of navigate our, our boat to go into this different dock. And so, it, to me, it became like, chick metal mm-hmm. because like the girls that were listening to the metal were listening to like this hair band stuff this you know the Bon Jovi and Poison and White Snake and stuff like this they you know made their music and catered it toward the audience and you know that's I think that's kind of where it was birthed out of well I mean it kind of metal started doing pop music kind of if you would if oh, you yeah. would say mm-hmm. but also there's something to be said about chick music as you called it yeah um, you want to if if you get if you get fifty guys at your show and you're a metal band, you have fifty guys at your show. If you get fifty girls at your show, you got about one hundred and fifty people because the guys are going to come to see the girls. That's right. <laughs> right. right. You want to write some tunes that girls are going to like, <laughs> and and a lot of times girls don't like heavy heavy metal. They no, they but, don't. But these bands crossed over into something new and sang about love and put makeup on. And tease their hair higher than the girls, and use more right. Aquanet than the girls, and use yeah. more spandex than the girls. And next thing you know, the girls were in love with these guys, and that's kind of that's where it kind of grew to. And sure. you also got through the influence of MTV birthing because now we're yeah. not just we're not just hearing bands and hearing rock and roll; we're seeing it. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it doesn't it, it it matters how you sound. But now it matters how you look, mm-hmm. and the more distinction like, you can like, have, like Matt Sparrow. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it. I mean, people. There was, like you said, they kind of want to cater to a certain look. Well, I mean, you know, hair bands did that. I mean, they they've got to look and and not and not just it's just the videos. They're all, it's not just about what you sing. It's you got to put a video with it. And it's oh yeah, it's uh, it's a whole thing. Well, we were talking earlier. Some bands just got signed off how they look, and the, the right. songs came second. They just oh right. yeah. We yeah. will we will create a sound. We'll put the slickest producers. Here's our stylists. Do your hair. Here's our video up. guys. <laughs> you are you are part of the machine. Now. Yeah, you're, you're a cog in the machine. Yeah. right. So, uh, like we'd mentioned before, we went from this heavy metal to this light stuff. Uh, I forgot to mention in between was like the New York Dolls, yeah, uh, T Rex, uh, Sweet, uh, bands like this that were kind of kind of that glam pop kind of thing going on. 
And then, you know, you had the kisses of the world mm. that kind of started off as these harder rockers that kind of evolved. So we got a lot of stuff we'll be talking to today. So um, what we're going to do, as we typically do, is uh, our top ten list. So uh, before that, we got a, a brief timeout here, and we'll be back with, uh, with uh, top ten, I don't know if we can call them hair bands, of the 80s. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TunedIn Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livinginthe80s.us and, of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show. Number 10. Number ten is Cinderella. Yeah. Ooh. So Cinderellas come. They come. Cinderellas. The Cinderellas. Cinderellas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Blockbusters and Kroger's. Let's do it. Walmart is the Fareed. That smile just left his face. Yeah, dude. I know. <laughs> Christopher Reeve. It's yeah. Christopher Reeve. Oh, so if you guys awesome. don't know, like, like Aaron is is the epitome of a rock star, but he's also a nerd. There it is. Totally. So. Star Trek is my life. Here we Live go. Live long and prosper, son. Long hair, <laughs> Trekkie. <laughs> I make Trekking look good. <laughs> the hippie Trekkie. Yeah. All right. So, Cinderella, um, come on the scene, 86 or so is when I first heard it. The first album came out in 84. Aaron, you think they should be higher on the list? 100%. Talk to us. Talk to us. I think that Tom Kiefer, the lead singer and maiden songwriter, is... Uh, one of the most talented dudes to come out of the hairband era. Mm-hmm. I think he is an awesome songwriter. He's got a distinct voice. Sounds kind of like ACDC with more harmony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's and he blew his voice out, if I remember. Sir, yeah. he, he blew some nodes out in his voice, and he almost was going to have to stop singing forever. Well, but he's singing back. in that range. Oh, yeah, but he's Surprised back you now. don't have that kind oh, of thing. Oh, well, yeah, I'm not anywhere on his level. But he, he, um, he he's he's back now doing solo stuff. Cinderella's kind of done now, but he's yeah. doing solo stuff and he's fantastic. I love it. Oh, wow. But but I always have been a huge fan of them. My and it's because of my brother and yeah. a lot of these are because of my brother because I'm a little I'm a little younger than my people my age are the grunge people and right. I was always into the metal bands and hair metal and whatever metal I loved all metal. Yeah. But my, because of my brother who's five years older than me, he he got me into all this stuff. And, not, and Cinderella was one of his big bands, and he would always he'd be in the in the Beretta, <laughs> you know, driving <laughs> it. And we called it the B, the Beretta, and he'd be singing, you know, night song, and he'd be yes. singing these songs, and he could he could do the perfect impression. Wow. And and got oh, I mean perfect. I just love Cinderella, just yeah. love Cinderella. I think they're I think they should be way up on that list. I don't yeah. know I don't know who I put above them to be honest with you. I I always well okay. Let's back up a little bit here for my own autobiographical deal here. So, as a young strapping lad, I was uh, probably going back to the seventies or something. I like listened to whatever pop music was out at the time. Uh, going into the eighties, uh, MTV and stuff. I'm start you know the pop stuff is there, but I'm starting to listen to, like more new wave and and stuff you know that you don't hear on the radio that they play at MTV at like two in the morning. Like, you know, Adamant, uh, uh, Depeche Mode kind of crap. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to that kind of stuff. Uh, I met my ex wife in 1986, and she was into like this, like Dawkins, Bon Jovi kind of thing. So this is the kind of music I always shunned. I kind of dismissed it as like, that's not good crafted music it's just bull crap or whatever and 
you know, dating somebody, you end up having to compromise on the radio side. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And so, Women. so, so now here's me, like the anti whatever, like, like I would see kids with the Iron Maiden shirts in high school, and just like, oh, it's all the hoods and whatever. Yep. And you know, but then, then, I, then I, when, when you're trapped, you're, you know, you're kind of stuck there. I'm going, huh? That's not bad stuff. Just tell it me, got in your brain. It tell, did. Me this, it the, did. tell me this ends with you with a Cinderella t-shirt. That's all I want to know. <laughs> no, it does, it does not. No, he bought the Cinderella <laughs> movie on VHS. <laughs> yeah. Is this what we're talking about, honey? Disney? I yes. love Cinderella. <laughs> so this story culminates with me at Legend Valley in 1987 in 100 degree weather watching Cinderella open for Bon Jovi. Wow. And well actually the Smithereens and then Cinderella and Bon Jovi. Good show. And like like we had been listening to, to Cinderella for a little bit at this point. So I was kinda you know, kinda digging them a little bit. When I saw them live, boom, they went right up my charts. Yep. They they put on yes, a they great do. show. You're talking about Tom, Tom Kiefer's voice. Nice. Nobody's Fool is one of the coolest rock Nobody's songs Fool is awesome. ever. That's oh awesome. yeah. And don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh, oh yeah, the that ultimate video, breakup song. That video. Oh man, if you, you ever break on the girl, power ballads. I mean, uh, that's that's, that's, that's a, a good one. one. I, was, that's I would right. pick that over. Yeah, I'd pick that over. Every one. rose has its. That's a good one. one. <laughs> yeah, yes. we had this long discussion, which we'll pick up later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is there a story for why they're called Cinderella? Do you know that? They're or? just big fans of the movie. <laughs> big, big Disney fans. Uh, I think one of them is related to Walt Disney. Oh, that's funny. I, that's what I hear. Seriously? The internet said it, so it must be true. Oh, well, okay, well, there, we there we go. It's got to be. Move on. Be. Move on. <laughs> so I'm in Wikipedia here, and, and I'm trying to find out like what they were, how they got that name, and I don't see anything. I'm pretty sure, if memory serves now, and I could be wrong, I thought Bon Jovi either found them or or help them get signed. He did, he did help them get signed because he was yes. in that their first video, if I remember correctly. Was he? Huh. He's in it. They walk past, like they're they're in the hallway. If I, I and I don't even remember what song it was, but they're in the hallway and the girls are running and they think that the girls are running to them mm-hmm. and they run right past them and there's Bon Jovi in the hallway, wow. John Bon Jovi and they the girls were running to, and they're like oh well, whatever and they go play their music. Nice. Um, According to uh, a 2014 interview with Tom Kiefer, he stated that Kiss bass guitarist Gene Simmons first took interest in the band and tried to get them a deal with Polygram, but they were not interested. John Bon Jovi saw him perform at the Empire Rock Club in Philadelphia and talked to their manager about seeing the group. Um, he ended up getting them a deal with Mercury. Oh. So that's how it happened. In well, I know. I know. There's another band coming up later on our list that Gene Simmons had a hand in, and we'll cover that. Yes, there later. is. I know who you're talking about. I know who I'm talking about. Sweet. <laughs> so, um, any any other fun facts about Cinderella, Matt? You got anything? Uh, I'm here for the pizza. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest. Ma- Matt, be... Matt is just that that great friend that is always awesome to have just, around. If he's pizza. inputting a lot or a little bit, he's he's the man. Pizza in an LA. That's, a good good. That's right. Yes. There's always ice cold LA here in the studio. So, all right. Yeah. So uh, number ten was Cinderella. Number nine. Number nine is Rat. Yeah. With two T's. Two T's. With two T's. So Rat, originally from San Diego, California, they formed actually in 1976. But no one heard of them until 1984 when they came out with the Out of the Cellar album. Overnight Sensation. Yes, they were. Eight-year eight overnight. Eight year, eight year overnight Sensation. <laughs> a long night sensation. Yeah. So, this, this was a band, even though I, you know, at the time I wasn't really into that kind of music, I really liked um, Way Cool Jr. Oh, man. It was a great song. Um, that was one that I was like, okay, I can, I can kind of dig that a little bit. Lay It Down, Lay it down. was another That's one I liked a lot. You're in Love is probably You're my favorite. You're in Love. Oh, so, so good. They 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 were kind of I was they're in my opinion they're one of the pillars the the pioneers in the early days of what became 
that genre. Okay. I oh, think I do. I think so. They too. were the big guys that all the other bands were getting big opening for because yeah. they were already arena act and people were just opening yeah. for them. I mean, them and Motley Crue, obviously, and Def Leppard. Yeah, I think the formula was starting to form. Yeah, with them because yeah. Motley Crue, Rat. Um, uh, well, those two just come to mind. Yeah, instantly. That in my memory, that they were kind of like the bands kind of flourished. Yeah. And, Bounced off of that, so what, anything about rap? What you got? Do, uh, as, as someone, okay, we loved them in the eighties, of course, them, and, and so as, as as men of twenty twenty, how how did we feel about them being in a Geico commercial? <laughs> I mean, do, do we think it's? Do, I think it's is great. it sad or is it awesome? No, I think it's awesome. If they would have done it at the time of the height of their popularity. Eh. Ultimate sellout. But now it's kind of like it, it. I think they've had fun with it and made some money, so I'm all right with it. It's them. good to see him, but when you think that that uh, Stephen Piercy is the only one really that's in the Still commercial, right, that's yeah, in the, right, right, right. right. <laughs> but she's the only one you ever looked at, he, right? And 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 I'm cool with it. You know, I'm right. not going to take the Beatles route with the Beatles. Like, don't put our songs in commercials because it, it cheapens them. It's like, yeah. dude, at this point. I mean, sell some coke and some. Yeah, you know? I, mean, <laughs> I, w- right. I want to hear your songs. Whether right. I'm running down the street, you know, the yes. world's become a much yes. different place now. Well, the Beatles are a different type of band, though. They tr- you're right. They're, they're right. kind of. I'm not trying to compare them. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying. I think I'm just, I'm just saying. On, that, on the like, sale out scale. Yeah, like some bands, you know, kind of they they need their legacy to yeah. be a certain way. Other bands are like, we're just a rock and roll band. We Whatever. don't even care. Yeah, and right. I think that's where Rat falls. Very good. So. Yeah, I but love rat. They, one, of the, one of the one of the pillars, the big big dogs, in my opinion. And it was round and round was the the song, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the song they played it. You remember how they kept putting Uncle Milty in all the videos? Yes, yes. <laughs> uncle Milty was actually the the true uncle of their manager. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. So um, that was that was kind of cool. Yeah. Good um, so the um, the round and round. Um, Peaked at number twelve in nineteen eighty four, but re-entered the charts in the uh, in last year because of the insurance. Commercial. Is that true? Are you that serious? See, well then I'm it all was, for that commercial. It was yeah. in the it was in the top one hundred. Kind of like recently, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac has been in that commercial. Right. It's now like number twenty six on the pop charts. Wow. So these dumb kids are finally seeing what real music is. And I sound like such an old freaking codger when yeah. I say that, and I well, know it, and I don't even care. But I was. But you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you're right. I mean, it, it, I'm not a big fan of a lot of modern music that's coming out now. I, I think that there's something to be said about, hey, hey, 15 year old kid, come here, listen to this, listen to this right. album, and check out this band. Yeah. Remember when people could actually play their instruments? This is what it sounded like back yeah. then before this the computer what, did everything for you. You, you see <coughs> these videos a lot about these people. They'll like they'll give them some watch headphones. it for the first time. They're like listen to this. Like they're hearing like I Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I do too. I can I'm, make fun I'm a sucker for. Them. I love. Them. I love. <laughs> but I, I hear that stuff and go, yes, more people need to figure out what this stuff is. Right. And like this is music. And and again, I I, I last week I was I was getting on uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Music. And there's got different playlists I'll put out there. You know, I've curated my own over the years, but um, they'll have these different ones that they want you to mm-hmm. kind of, hey, check this one out. One of them is the current Hot 100. I promise you, out of 100 people, and I just kind of, I didn't like study it, but I'm just kind of scrolling down. There's like two bands I'd heard of and then ran into Fleetwood Mac and went, <laughs> oh, my heart's happy right yeah. now. And like you said, like nothing, like, Bands aren't playing their own music. Um, well, what's popular anyway? What's now. popular? Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. good bands out, but what's oh, popular yeah. is some of the most idiotic garbage I've ever seen. And when oh, I listen yeah. to it, Everything's... my intelligence drops. A few yeah, <laughs> it's auto-tuned points. and overproduced, and and like country music's not country anymore. No, it's everything. Everything is so blurred together, and it's not distinctive. Nothing like like we'll hear songs now that we heard. You know, 20, 30 years ago, and they bring back memories. Like, people are going to hear 20 years from now these songs here and go, What? I've, See, that's what I wonder. It's, I, there's I, no lasting. I, there power. are songs that just hit me on certain times of my life and things that I loved, you know, as I was a teenager and getting older. And I wonder, is this garbage that's being played now to teens, are they going to? Right. Are they going to think back to this when they're Real 40 years old and be like, nostalgic yeah. about it? Yeah. By, by WAP, by what's her name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
like, it's, 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 it's all, it's all, on. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it meant so much to me. Just the meaning of that song is so. So as we were talking, I looked here and um, round and round. In, in June fourth of twenty twenty was the number eighteen song in the country. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, yeah. America got something right. That's and, right. And Geico's commercial was funny. They said, "Yeah, we like your house, but." We've got a little bit of a rat problem. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's great. That's perfect. That's perfect. I mean, and these dumb kids are listening to this going, that's awesome. What's that? Where's that been my whole life? And, and you know the, why? Because your dumb parents were listening to Vanilla Ice. There it is. There it is. You know what? I think that commercial missed a really cool crossover opportunity because with the rats, if you think of Cinderella, Disney, oh, they could have Cinderella and Rat, Disney, oh. Cinderella had her or, rat friends. Or, or rat poison. Oh! Are you hearing? Cinderella Sign us poison. up. Writers. <laughs> Which could be a great tour, too. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> Cinderella rap poison. I love That's it. right. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. No, when you talk about the talent of, of, of them singing, I, I am in awe of these dudes' vocals. I mean, really all the bands we're looking at, some of these guys, oh, yeah. I mean, just... I mean, they have training. I mean, some it's of these a different dudes, time, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're, they're not just... You, you talk about auto-tune. These guys can sing, right? Oh yeah. I mean, just bites. well. We did uh, we did a podcast a few months ago, and we were talking about some of these like "We Are the World" and Band Aid stuff, and then there was Hearing Aid, mm-hmm. which is all oh, these yeah, rockers, have, right? Yes. And me and Matt were just going, wow. listen to them yeah. sing it. It's just you got it's Dio some great and, voices. And Jeff Tate from Queens, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> guys that can just. It's it, it, it I mean, some of them, like, I, I remember, like, in the Christian side, there was a, a shout at Ken Tampa. Oh, yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. like, operatic training. And, and he just gets up there and just wails. I'm going, shut up. It's so beautiful. I mean, just good. Right. But, you know, what's interesting is, you know, we were talking, goofing around about, you know, Rat had an eight-year, you know, buildup. They, right. they, they trained themselves. They did their work. They did, they right. got prepared and got to that point to, to release those hit album after hit album and tour the country, but that took eight years of a lot of work together yeah. as a band before they hit that. that you know? Which it's like when you hear those kind of stories, think good for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've got a very similar story coming up later of a band that really worked hard. But uh, yeah, so anything else on Rat? Number nine. All right. Number eight. Number eight is Skid Row. I remember you. Oh, that's the song wow. right there. Wow, that that's is a good song. tune, man. That was me, by the way. That was. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> so yeah, was awesome. this is probably the first one to me. Hairband? No. Okay, I eh. didn't think so either. Not no. in my book. What, what? When did their first album? Was it eighty uh, nine? I believe so. I think that hair metal was already on the decline, and these guys came out. And I will say that their first album was more of a rock and roll record, like in the vein of Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Mm-hmm. And then after that, with Slave to the Grind, which I think was 91, they went really heavy because they were touring with Pantera, and they loved the heavy metal. And that second album was straight-up heavy metal. Yeah, straight-up heavy metal band. That's what they became. I don't think they were... a Hair band. I never yeah, thought of them. Yeah, these guys barely fit in the 80s. I mean, if they're coming out in 89, they're, they're just sneaking in. Yeah. Yeah. They're, well, they, they actually, their first album was 1986. Of course, their first. The first I remember the first, you was, when they started, when they hit was later. They're from uh, Tom's River, New Jersey. Did oh. not know that. So we did a little bit of research. A little Jersey boy. Proud of me? Yeah, with yeah. Bon Jovi. Yeah, Bon Jovi. <laughs> them and Bon Jovi and Smithereens. So talk about a guy that can sing his butt off, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, who who can sing like Sebastian Bach on those body. first few albums? I mean, he's in, a, he's in a league of his own. Yes. So 18 in Life is a huge hit. Yeah. I like that song. Yeah. I really dug it. Now, you started singing I Remember You. That's a big So ballad. that that That's that sweet. is something that we need to start talking on in future bands. We talked about it with Cinderella. Rat, don't really remember them having any ballads. But we're starting to see these bands come up with these ballads. Mm-hmm. So I have a theory on this. You guys want my theory? I want to hear Who's your theory. theory. 
Ario Speedwagon. Keep on loving you. Hmm? Riding the storm out. Uh, old Ario Speedwagon. Rock band. They do this ballad, make millions of dollars. Journey comes out, does open arms. On and on and on. Journey Motley Crue comes out. And, and yeah, Motley Crue comes out and, and does Home Sweet Home. Yeah. So I think every band started putting one or two soft songs. Now, Aria Speedwagon, Journey, not metal bands. Rock bands, yes. And prior to those ballads, Little Rougher Edge to <coughs> Right. After, not so much. So, Skid Row, I remember you. I made a mixtape back in the day called Imagine I that. Remember You. I know. It's Imagine so crazy. Yeah. And it's about 20 songs of... Uh, hair know, ballads. Of hair band ballads. Yeah. I think you're onto something there, actually. I think that's a good point. No, and I, it, and I, I've never heard anybody say that before. That's just my theory. I, well, I, I, it fits. I, I heard someone say, and watched some videos uh, for tonight, it was, they kind of blamed the, the power ballads for some of the end of the... You know the hair band era, the the rock and roll, because the power ballads is what. That's the first thing you sang when we said Skid Row. Right, you went right to the power ballad, <clears throat> and it's. I could I have mean, done monkey business. Yeah, you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's what they're. I went for the hit. Known for the that. Hit. It's it's that's what the the the, the companies want released, and it's the, always like they're. Uh, I mean, it's a good thing, but is it is it at the true heart of what this kind of music. Is it about? I mean, or is it? Uh, is, did it have to do it? Is that kind of them selling out? You know what? I, I think it's a mix. I think it's partially like, you know, you talk about Rat coming up from 1976, working their butts off, mm-hmm. becoming this band, so on and so forth. I think all of these bands started somewhere mm-hmm. and they were these legit rock bands, mm-hmm. but either a, a producer or a record company or somebody said, we need a ballad. Oh, yeah. And this will be it. And then they start making, they, they're making enormous amounts of money getting the MTV airplay. The chicks are suddenly listening. Right. Now, a, a girl's not going to come, and, and this is not a sexist remark, but like more of a general opinion. A, a girl's not typically going to go here 18 in life or monkey business and go, I love Skid Row. They hear, I remember you, and it's suddenly it's couples all skate. Well, it's like the gateway to get them into the buying the albums and right. get them into the other music. It's kind of like, yes. hey, check this out. And it's like the breadcrumbs taking them to the monster's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great it's description. Like, it's like, oh, guess what? These guys are really heavy. And, <laughs> and I have been front row at many a Sebastian Bach show when he comes out winging that microphone, and it's like right in your face. It's like, yes. watch out. <laughs> watch out. This dude's crazy. But... That that's a that band is one of my all time favorite bands to be honest with you and yeah. I never considered them a hair band but I but they're I remember you's always going to be on the ballads from the eighties track uh, you know comp, oh, yeah. mix things you're always going to hear them lumped in there but I never considered them because they didn't they didn't really even have the look either they looked they looked more like Guns and Roses really they yeah. they dressed they, they looked, looked like more, a rock band not a hair right band. right and mm-hmm. and they came in like at the tail end like you said and yeah. Well, they well they when you think about that whole hair hair band era, we start talking about like like Rat in 1984 and then Motley Crue and so on and so forth. But from in my opinion, like 86 to about 91 is probably the sweet spot. That four or five year mm-hmm. period where these bands are coming on and they are making you know this music and and it, it again people were trying. They're kind of tired of the. Of the Michael Jackson, Madonna kind of thing going mm. on. They, they, they kind of wanted something a little different. Now, those bands, or bands, Michael Jackson, Madonna always sold well. They sold a few albums. They, they, couple. Sold, they sold a couple. <laughs> they they did fair. They did <laughs> yeah. fair. Yeah. But, yeah. but for like the sleeping rock fan from the first half of the 80s, like you're either listening to the hard stuff or you're kind of getting more to the... the the alternative, like the U2s, REMs, those kind of right, people, right. and and now you've got uh, you've got this this different era entirely. Well, it so, took it took over, and 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 mm-hmm. we talked about it. You know what what brought about the end of the hair bands, and we were talking about well, there's many reasons, but right. yeah. I was talking about oversaturation, where they just started they were down your throat constantly, just pushing, 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 and also they started signing bands off of what they look like and not based off of what, what they, sound they sound like, like. Right. Yeah. and you start getting a lot of terrible bands. And I think that killed it, and then we'll get to another reason why I think it died. Um, and it's not Nirvana, but yeah. Nirvana's a part of it. I think Nirvana, part of it. I don't yeah. think Nirvana was the beginning of the end. I think it was the 
nail in the coffin kind of thing. I, right. I, I agree. I because way before Nirvana, not way before, but but probably backing up a year or two before Nirvana and that whole Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, those guys started hitting. Before that, you started seeing like that oversaturation. It's like mm-hmm. okay, it has peaked and it's going fast. So right, right. It kind of spiked and went down fairly quickly. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Totally. But Skid Row is. Uh, a, I, I wish they were all still together now. I know they're they're doing Skid Row with a different singer, and yeah. Sebastian's doing his own solo thing. And I wish they would do a tour together, but I don't which, think it's which ever going to happen. Which is funny because you, you, they got to look back like they're doubling their efforts doing this great music, and it's like we're singing these songs from when we were together. Mm-hmm. Like let's throw our differences aside, like. You know, you like kind of like want to shake them up a little bit, guys. You guys know. Well, not just that. The money would be really good too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they could all use it. Yes, they could. They, they sure could. That. Yeah, they could be on the next uh, you know, State Farm commercial. There it is. There well, it is. Well, I actually heard. I mean, 15 years ago, maybe uh, when when Kiss had first come out, that they did a first run of maybe it was 20 years ago. Now they did a first run with the Kiss reunited thing. And then they were going to do another tour, and they offered Skid Row to open up. Mm-hmm. But it was as long as Sebastian was singing for them. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the band would not do it. Wow. And that's to open up with Kiss on their the, Back in the Makeup tour, and they didn't do it. There is some, something like, deep. There's, there's some bad blood there. That's a big beef here. you, you got to think a girl had to have been involved somewhere. You know what? Uh, maybe a few. Maybe a few. It's Skid Row. <laughs> I mean, it is Skid Row. That's great. So, I wonder if Skid Row could be with the you know, the rats and the poison. They're living on Skid Row. I mean, it could, we could get that. We could get it could be a could festival. Take every title of every hair band and make a great show. This could be a festival, you guys. There we, it is. We could be on to something. Hairfest. All right. So, anything else on Skid Row? It's good. We good. Go buy Slave to the Grind. Pick that album up and just headbang. There it is. From the master himself. There it is. Boom. All right. I learned from the best. <laughs> Number seven. Number seven, Poison. Now, when I think of this band from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, when when I hear the words hair band together, this is the very first band I think of. Yep. Like Qu- without, yeah. without any doubt, no other genre can claim them. Right. They, yeah, they're the face of hair band. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, thing. I would say 100%. Yeah. And I think... Next they, band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. So... Um, Again, this is uh, one of those bands that that were more talented than I think they got credit for. Um, they, I don't feel like I, they were one of those manufactured bands. So here's a fun fact. Do you know who auditioned for but did not get the gig as a lead guitarist for Poison? Huh. I want to say... They took, they took C.C. DeVille instead of this guy. It was Slash. You are correct. I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, yeah? And yeah. Slash did? Really? Yeah. Did not. I did Slash not walked in looking like Slash, and he and doesn't it, fit at all with them. He does <laughs> not fit doing. Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah. I remember that story. Yeah, it's a really fun story. I guess, I think he said, I think Slash said that when he was leaving... Uh-huh. CC was walking in, and he's like, "That guy's gonna get the gig." Because I guess CC looked the part, and Slash didn't. <laughs> wow, that's funny. So I first, when I very first heard Poison, I was at the uh, record and tape outlet. They might have been calling it CD and tape outlet by this point, but over on the west side, and they're playing on the the sound system, which the sound systems they had in these record stores back then made anyone sound good. Mm-hmm. And I heard this, I'm like. This looks like sounds like something my girlfriend would like, and I, I bought the tape. Look what the cat dragged in, and um, and you're like the pictures on the front, like yeah, these guys look like I'm my like, girlfriend. I'm like, I'm like this, this is the kind of stuff she listens to. So I bought it for her, and she absolutely loved it. And yeah. Next thing you know, probably 
the next few weeks, a month later, they start getting played on MTV and the radio and stuff. So you were in on the ground floor before they blew up. I was, wow. by accident. Yeah, I just happened to be in there. I was probably buying a U2 album or something. Right. And then this is playing. I'm like, oh, I'll look like a good boyfriend if I get this. Right. So it worked. And they were very late 80s as well. I mean, they're, again, they're... Um, 86. Yeah. That's when they hit ish. big, yeah. yeah. Some well, to 87. Believe it, 1987. Some to believe it was like 1990. Yeah. That was later on. Yeah. When you're, when you're talking, like, original... You're talking uh, talk dirty to me, cry tough. Uh, when I was talk dirty? You. I won't forget you. There's I won't a ballad. Forget you, baby. I won't forget you. I mean, they, they have a lot of a lot of hits. I will say this: I think CC is uh, Deville is one of the one of the coolest guitar players as far as he's sloppy as all get out, but he comes up with some cool licks and stuff. I've always, he does. I've always really liked his playing. Yeah. I'm not a huge. I like Poison. I, they're okay. I can take them or leave them. They've never been. Yeah. You know, it's one of my favorites, but I mean, I enjoy a lot of their songs, and I I own quite a few of their albums. But yeah, um, they had some huge hits. I mean, they're one of the one of the big dogs of the later hair that came later, yeah. like mid. Well, I think I think they're they are at the peak of the hair band. They're era. what you think of when you yeah. think of it. Like well, you said. Well, well, when you're thinking about you know Rat coming out in '84 ish, mm-hmm. kind of like ushering it in. <clears throat> I mean, these guys, their first album comes out like '87. Yeah, ish, and then you know the, the hairband era dies off in like ninety one. So right. they're kind of like at the peak. So they kind of held between uh, "Look What the Cat Dragged In" and "Open Up and Say Ah." Yeah, those two albums over like in you know eighty, eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine era. Like this is the height of hair metal. Right. Um, that they they were right in that sweet spot of of what is, and they you know they may be one of the ones that kind of killed it too. Maybe I mean, but they are the ones that all the girls loved. They did. Every girl loved Poison. Oh yeah, still do. I mean, Brett Michaels comes out plays or Poison plays in the summer. It's mostly girls out there watching. Yes, it is. He was at Obet's Zucchini Fest a couple <laughs> years ago. You know your career has crashed and burned. <laughs> You're playing the Zucchini Festival. Rick Springfield. He was there, there a couple yes, years yes, ago. Right. Yeah. Rick Springfield's the man. What, what? My brother went to a Rick Springfield concert a few years ago, and he said it was not. He said he was the only dude there. And he was glad about it because it was nothing but girls his age and their daughters. <laughs> that is funny. He said Rick Springfield put on a great show, but he's not a hair man, so we'll skip. We'll, we'll skip, skip. But he had skip, good hair. He has great hair. He still does. I don't know if he has plugs or whatever. Did you see the sequel to Jesse's Girl? Song? I did. He's in it. He that sings. was that was good. The song wasn't great, but his part was awesome. You know what? I thought the song was okay. I love when it, he says, it gave me closure on the story. Yeah, you found out that he didn't really want Jesse's girl in the in the first place. She ruined his life, and I love his last line. I should have left her in the eighties. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, was, seen that? Seen that was good. Uh, for those of you guys that uh, that don't know what we're talking about, so there's this band that came out um, a couple months ago. I want to say they're called Coheed. And Cambria, yeah, and they did like the sequel to Jesse's. Is it called Jesse's Girl Two? It's called Jesse's Girl Two, and Rick Springfield's in the video, and he sings a little bit in the song too. He's the bridge. Yes, yeah. And so, if you guys want to check that out, maybe uh, you should share that on a page. I mean, because it's got eighties. Yeah, he's in it. I think somebody may have. Maybe I'll have to reshare that, repost that. But yeah, I. For those of you that don't know, I'm very protective of the page. It's got to be neat. Like my buddy Jeff posted something from Guardians of the Galaxy, that soundtrack the other day. Like, it's got to go. Dude, that's seventies. Yep. So, go. like, there's other pages for that. I yep. try. I try to be. I'm, I'm more of a purist, but uh, every once in a while, a good cover tune will come up. And, there you uh, go. So, at, at, at our discretion, we'll, we'll do that. But what was the what was the show on the was it MTV that or no it wasn't MTV. What was what was he on? He, like a Rock of Love or Oh, oh Brett yeah. Michaels? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rock what, of Love. Rock yeah. Of, what? Yeah. What I mean that's got to be Hey, there's they're signing a a check. He'll cash it, man. That was sold uh, out to the yeah, man. That was pretty interesting. Well, I think Sebastian Bach was on that too. Wasn't was he? he? I, I didn't know, know that. I know they did a couple seasons, two or three seasons <laughs> of Rock of Love, and then it became uh what's his name? from from Public Enemy. Favorite Flay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. His version. <laughs> but Brett Michaels was the original. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was a reality dating show starring Brett Michaels, and uh, it, it evolved to Flavor of Love. Yeah. Flavor, Flavor of Flav Love. Flav came in. Yeah. 
So, yeah. Rhett Michaels would have done a lot better if he wore a big clock around his neck all the time, I think. <laughs> yeah. He would have been way more successful. And way cooler. Yeah. So does he, does he have hair? Well, what's, <laughs> what, what's Brett's hair look like without the do-rag? Is it... Uh, is, is he I got, he's got the still full head of hair. He's still got a full head of hair? I... I don't. Yeah, yeah, I guess you do. I don't see him with it. I mean, that's why I'm. I mean, it's down. He's got it down by the eyebrows. I heard from some sources that it's a bad plug job. No, Uh, sort of like that Paul Hogan thing going on. Really? I heard. That's what I heard. Wow. Brett, if you're listening, we want you to confirm or deny that. That's right. If you don't get a hold of us. And the truth remains, they're bad plugs. <laughs> That's it. You better get on that phone, son. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, one more thing we wanted to talk about on poison here was every rose has its thorn. We're talking about ballots, like yeah, yes, top hair ballots. What were you saying about it? Well, I mean, one of my favorite parts of Bill and Ted's bogus journey is when they go up and they're trying to talk to the guy at the pearly gates in heaven when they die, and they're like. Uh-huh. Every rose has its thorn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every night has its thorn. I, I love that. It's just that song hit pop culture in such a major way. Yes. And I, there's a lot of great ballads out there, um, but I, when I think of the power ballad, that's probably it. That's the one, I think, for, okay. that I think of. I mean, don't get me wrong. I remember you's fantastic. There's so many great songs. Never say goodbye. I, it's, it's, like, it's like every band when, has. But when one. I think of what is the most, if you had to say what would be the most, if you went out to a hundred people on the street, and said, oh yeah, they would say that. There, I think it's going to get the the majority of the votes. In my opinion, I could be wrong. Absolutely, I could be yeah. wrong. I, I'm with you. I, I'm, you oh, it's up there. Right. It's absolutely not my favorite, but you are right. That is probably the one most associated with. Rock and roll power ballads in that era and genre and all that other kind of stuff. All right, so anything else on poison? Let's move. Case closed. Number six. Number six is White Snake. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Katang, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Back to the hood car. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, funny. Oh, goodness. White Snake took us all by storm back in 1987, I want to say. Um, they had kicked around for years. They, they first got together in 1978. Mm-hmm. And they were harder-edged band, um, kind of deep purple kind of sound and thing there. Well, because Coverdale, David Coverdale came from deep purple. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so here they were uh, in the 80s, in the height of the era. Tawny Katane, the car, the, the car white the dress. I think every the dude. Jaguar. Yes. I can't say that word. Jaguar. Jaguar. That's awesome. I always wondered, did she scratch it? Like, if you were the owner of that, no matter how hot she is, would you be mad if she scratched it? At that point in time, she could do whatever she wanted. (laughs) She could run it into the wall. (laughs) If it was today, get off my car, boy. Jeez. So, yeah. So, they, they, okay, opinion. Would they have been as popular without those videos? No. See, yeah, I, I think MTV made them bigger than, I mean... Because, yeah, those videos, I think, is what put them over the edge. Don't you think? I believe, I, I totally believe that. The, I mean, the they, styling. They needed videos to be heard. Yeah, the, the style they, they came with. I mean, and, and honestly, here's the funny thing. That, that first breakthrough huge album, you know, John Sykes did most of the writing on that. And mm-hmm. a famous guitar player, awesome guitar player. Is this he, John Sykes from the outfield? Yes, yeah, Brain Fart. John Sykes, um, is it? What's the name of the band? It's not the outfield. I'm no, it's not that guy. He just died, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, no, Tony Lewis died. Tony Lewis died from the outfield. John Sykes died a couple years ago. No, John Sykes. Uh, I want to say it was. I don't want to ruin the same with this, but I think it was Thin Lizzy. Blue Murder. He he did some stuff. Oh, Blue Murder was great. That was that was I think that was his band. Anyway, back yeah, he was so Blue so Murder too. so. What I was saying was, is John Sykes. Um, 
was in the band. Coverdale went in and recorded this phenomenal album, and they basically said, fire the band that recorded it and wrote it with you. And so what most people don't know is the band you see in all the videos, that's not the band that plays all the songs. They're not the band from the yes, album. Yes, because what's his name? Steve um, Vai. Is it Steve Vai? Steve Vai came in later, and Adrian Vandenberg came in on guitar Are later you? on the tours. Wow. And stuff. Yeah, had... they were both on there, but they didn't. They weren't on the album. Are you sure it was Steve Vai? I think it, are you sure it wasn't he the, came, the... He came later. Okay, wasn't the guy from Quiet Riot, Rudy Sarzo, in the band? Yeah, he was. Okay. He was, but he, he wasn't on the album. Okay. They they he he they gutted everybody and then they brought it. It was a whole thing. There's like you can find stuff on the internet about it. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. Wow. They they, gut, they gutted everybody and just came out. So all the guys they in cut, the videos you see they aren't playing on the album. They're just mimicking that they're on the album. Now they did do the tours and they were in the band. Right. But that that huge album with all those videos they oh, they didn't play. Wow. That's crazy, man. <laughs> it's cutthroat business, man. It is. It's, it's dog not dog eat dog, and it's not the music friendship club. Underwear. It's the music business. Oh, I mean, that's you think about that because you know most bands form, and you, as you know, mm-hmm. buddies in a garage. Yeah, friends, pals, amigos, road yeah. dogs, ride or die. Not so much. Not so much. Wow. But Coverdale was a special thing. I mean, that voice, that British, yeah, yeah that singing voice and the speak. He he's got something there. I once heard a, saw a story one time where. Joe Elliott, the singer of Def Leppard, had said he was in the studio all day working on this one part of one song, and he just couldn't get it right, and he was frustrated, and he was really like blowing his voice out, and he was just mad, he couldn't get it right, and so, and David Coverdale had booked studio time in that same studio that night, so David Coverdale comes in, and so Joe Elliott just goes aside and just sits and watches. Mm-hmm. He said David Coverdale just walked in. They hit record, and Joe uh, and David Coverdale sang the whole song and nailed it. <laughs> they walked out. It <laughs> said cheers, lad, and walked out. And oh, Joe wow. Elliott said, "I felt so defeated, <laughs> like I never wanted to sing again." <laughs> wow, See, that's crazy. Respect. Vivian Campbell was in the band. He, um, Vivian Campbell, has been a lot of stuff. You know. Uh, uh, been yeah, in many he's been bands. in Dio, Def Dio, Leppard. He's in Def Leppard now. Yeah. He's Thin he's, he's he's done everything. Yeah, that guy is a talented dude. Yep, that's that's crazy. So, um, their their big uh, their big ballad is "This Love." Is this love? Which had slow motion Tawny Kitane yeah. flipping uh, across the car there. Good stuff. So yeah, they they made a career out of that. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that. I love that White Snake album that all that stuff was on. It's like it's, the second one was was okay. It's John Sykes, that, still the night. Yeah. Still the night. Oh, I love this. One. When it gets to the part with the <laughs> oh my gosh, that is great. I mean, you that stuff is so so good. I mean, let a kid today listen to Still the Night and tell me that's not awesome. Come on, they would have they would have no choice. Well, I'd make them listen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying no choice but to saying that it's awesome. Yeah, right. Because uh, I would. Yeah. It is, I would it is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this is great. I will hit you, you in the face right now. <laughs> That's great. So, we got anything else on White Snake? They're one of my all-time favorites. Really? Uh, of that era. Yeah, yeah, I think they're. I think great, great tunes, especially that particular. Yeah. Album. Definitely a hair band. Yeah, but but kind of like a, on a, a rockier edge of the hair band. Well, in, interesting story. There are a few songs on that album. I think "Here I Go Again" is one of them um, that were previously recorded on an earlier White Snakes album, and they sound way different. You know they're what? I you're right. Style. I have heard that. Yeah. I, I've I've heard those those older versions. And yeah, they're slower. Right. They're different. They're not as poppy. Yeah, and then they and actually "Here I Go Again" the album version is different than the radio <laughs> version. Yes, they put synth the album and stuff, version is so much better. so much better. But then they wanted to get it over to like you know if it was here it'd be ninety seven nine you know yeah and they 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 put synth and stuff on it and took out some things yeah and, and beefed it up and changed changed it, the intro and yeah. either way that song was you know. Good killer tune. song, and, and here I go again. Just got a little more airplay in the past year it's on the commercial. commercial. Yeah, really. The, the guy sings it, and uh, what, what was he? Oh yeah, it's an older Geico commercial. Yeah. Geico commercial. Geico's he goes all about it. Yeah, he, he he's at the BMV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, Mister Hot Stuff, or whatever his name right. is. If my if I was Sebastian Bach, I'd be calling Geico right now. Yeah, like <laughs> I remember you. Bring Geico. me back. Come, Come on. on. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's some cool 50, 40 and 50 year old dudes who are doing all the Geico ads. Right you know now. that they're sitting there like, yeah, they're going, you know what? No, no one's going to remember but, that crap. It, but here. you know what? And we're just saying we need 15 year olds to listen to it. These Geico marketing people are going, I'm going to make the world listen to this music again. Right, yes. I'm reintroducing Rat. Here comes a white snake. That's good. Oh, you want to watch the Ohio State game? Every other commercial yeah. is going to be a white snake song. <laughs> That's Deal awesome. with it. That's awesome. That's great. So those are good dudes. We like those. Yeah, guys. we do like those. Geico's my insurance. There it is. My insurance company. There it they is. should probably sponsor this podcast. They you know, should. Maybe yeah. now they we will. We have given them more publicity tonight. On this podcast. Right. I want to guess than any other podcast released this week in the United States. There it is. I would say so. Let's say so. Geico, I know you're listening. Give us a call. Call me. Call me. Unfortunately, we are out of time this week. You're going to have to tune in next week for the for the top five hair bands of the 80s. But before we go, as promised, um, we have got a special treat for you. So Aaron uh, was part of a band called This Fire's Embrace, and they did an awesome cover of a Pat Benatar classic. <laughs> Tell them about it, Aaron. Uh, it's kind of funny. It was kind of a... We did it for fun as a joke, and and uh, the guy that at the time on that album that was managing us and kind of doing our our representation heard heard the demo and basically was like, this has to go on the album, and then he proceeded to get us the rights and all that stuff, and, and you know, next thing you know, Loves the Battlefields on our album, and then <laughs> none of us really, none of us really wanted to play it live, and for all of kind of took off. And people were like, everywhere we went, are you gonna play Loves the Battlefield? And we're like, no, it's not our set. <laughs> and it never failed. Like people would chant, yell it out in the middle of the show, and we oh, always have to, like turn and play it. And then we got to the point where everybody got angry about it. Nobody wanted to play it anymore. There's a song. It's yeah, like, exactly. kind of like but, but the, uh, Janie the, Lane and Cherry Pie. <laughs> like, yeah. But the word on the street was that even Pat heard. The, the guy told me that he went through them and said, and she said she liked it. That's what he told me. And then, and then, but the problem is she didn't write it. So we had to go to other people. There was three other people that actually wrote it. So awesome. we had to go to them and, and, and get permission, and then we did, and, and, it, and it turned out well. People like it, you know. It is what it is. That's awesome. If, if, if I've it, always it, loved it, it's a it's a little heavier version of the song. So if you don't like heavy stuff, you probably won't like it. But we'll see. If you, you, know if you dig it, you dig it. I there think it I think you did the original justice, and I, and I love the original version, <laughs> by the way. So uh, guys, we will see you next week, and we're going to ride out of here with this fire's embrace and love is a battlefield. Peace.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh.